Well, hello and welcome back to Fathom with Nathan. Today is July 3rd, 2022. This is episode 33 and um, I just felt really stirred this morning after uh, thinking and praying and reading the scriptures and I just wanted to share some things with you. Um, So, you know, when God does something, he does it with everyone in mind, right? When he created the heavens and the earth, and he created Adam and Eve, and he created all the plants, and he created all the animals, and uh, he created the days, and he created even a Sabbath day's rest. He did so much for us. He started out with everything being in a perfect state, everything being an optimal opportunity to both know him and experience him and learn about him. And my heart was really stirred this morning to really just challenge you to go all the way in with the Lord. You may have been, you may might be a new believer. You might have known the Lord for five years or 50 years, but there's always, always, always an additional level of getting closer to the Lord. And so um, I want to share a brief story with you. Many years ago, uh, I was getting off of work. I was a, a counselor at the time and I was hungry. And so I went over to get a smoothie from a local smoothie place. And as I was doing that, there was a message that had popped up in my Facebook feed from the late David Wilkerson. Uh, he has Times Square Church up in New York and I've actually been in that building. It's an interesting building. And uh, David Wilkerson uh, founded a ministry uh, that reached out to people in the city of New York. His ministry is called World Challenge, and he also has started um, a lot of ministries around the world related to helping people with drug abuse, which has a high um, high percentage of people that become very successful in getting off of drugs and things like that. So just giving you some context on who he is, he's a very well-respected minister of the gospel that passed away many years ago in a car accident. And um, But I was listening to his message, and he was talking about Um, I don't know the, remember the exact words, but the theme was this, that, you know, if you're suffering and you're enduring things for God, it might not be because you're doing anything wrong, but maybe it's because the Lord has found you worthy of suffering for his namesake so that you can be made into the person that you need to be made into so that you can do his will. You know, the disciples went on that journey. Jesus called them. He asked them to follow him. Well, literally, he told them, he said, follow me. So those that chose to obey Jesus' call to follow Jesus started their journey of discovery of of two things, a lot of things, but but of two very important things. One of those was who Jesus was himself. The other one was what would be expected of those that follow him. I'll get back to that here in a minute. But as I was listening to this message... And um, I was thinking about ministry. I was thinking about doing ministry, things like that. I had what uh, was my first ever open vision. I've never had an open vision before this. um, And I have not had one like this since. This was probably back around, I don't know, 2014, 2015. I'll have to look it up exactly. But as I was listening to David Wilkerson and him talking about what it's like to be crushed by God and what it's like to be um, uh, put in a position to suffer for the Lord, that maybe it's because the enemy's fighting you and because God is working at the same time. 
And as I was listening, I had my headphones in and I was listening. I happened to look up and I saw in the sky right above me, about four or five feet up above my head, I saw the what looked like two golden paint strokes that were translucent. One came down and then another one came down. And they were they were not in an exact shape of like a rainbow, but it was kind of like an um, kind of like a, a mantle sort of shape. And as that came down, they were gold. They were translucent, and I saw one of them at a time. I saw a big one, uh, the bigger one, and then I saw a lesser one. And as I saw them, I heard the words "anointing apostolic," anointing apostolic. And I just wrote that down and, and I pondered on that for years. And then it was within this past year, I don't remember the exact date, but the Lord clarified what he meant. I didn't understand what he meant. I knew it related to the anointing. I knew it related to the apostolic. I knew it related to what David Wilkerson was saying. I knew it related to ministry. But later, this was just within the past year, the Lord told me, that's me. The anointing apostolic, it's me. It's not a thing. You know, a lot of people in ministry talk about the anointing and the anointing coming. And it's almost like this impersonal power force. But that's not really, that's not really the, the essence of what Christ um, means and what the scriptures mean when it talks about the anointing. Jesus of Nazareth was anointed, Right? So more of God's power, more of God's authority from the Father and from the Holy Spirit came upon him. But it's still the Trinity. It's still God's power. It's still his anointing. His anointing is not just a thing. It's himself. And so when we go out and we're called to do things for God, and he puts his anointing upon us, what he's doing is he's giving us a greater measure of himself. He's not just giving us a greater measure of power some impersonal force of power. He's not giving us just something so that we can do things. It's for the purpose of us being empowered so that people can know and experience him. This isn't an anointing just to do whatever we want. This isn't an anointing to get attention or to draw crowds. This is an anointing so that the revelation of the person of Jesus Christ would be given in an empowering way to those he comes upon so that other people can experience him in a more powerful way. It's actually a very simple thing. It's one of the mis- most misunderstood scri- things in scripture. I remember going to Christ, uh, I remember going to Christ for all, uh, Christ for the nations, excuse me, in Dallas, Texas. There was a lot of talk about the anointing and all this stuff. And I'm not judging anyone's intentions on this, but it became so, so vague and so elusive and so um, misunderstood and misinterpreted. But when Jesus does something in our life and he anoints us for a purpose, what he's doing is he's giving a special um, dose of his attributes and his character for the fulfillment of his purpose. So if you're called to be an evangelist and you carry that mantle, if we want to use that word, then you're going to have a greater endowment of power and ability to go out and to evangelize people and to, to teach others to evangelize people so that they can experience him. If you're called to be an apostle, someone that's sent, the anointing comes upon you so that you have the endowment of power to go into places and to establish things as a sent one, which is what the word apostle means, with a greater measure of Christ for a greater enablement to do the work of Christ in places that is not already established. 
so that those people can understand Christ. If you're called to be an anointed to be a pastor, then God's anointing can come upon you so that you can pastor effectively, demonstrating the nature and the character of Christ so that you can demonstrate that to the people that you're shepherding so that they can know and experience Christ. This is not an anointing without specific purpose. And the anointing, if it's really the anointing, can't be misused. Now, someone can speak about the anointing and misuse what they speak about, but the anointing itself can't be misused because Christ can't be abused or misused in this sense. Christ himself is not a tool that we can form in our hand to try and manipulate and produce outcomes for our own sense of fruitfulness. So when you see people online and they say that, you know, if you give this money and uh, God will bring this blessing in your life, if they say, oh, I feel the anointing, but it has nothing to do with knowing Christ better or experiencing Christ better or helping others know and experience Christ better, then my, my guesstimate is it's not really the anointing. It's something they're calling the anointing. It might be their emotions. It might be that they're excited. It might be that they're really becoming more and more hopeful and they think that they're having more faith, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're operating in the anointing. What does the anointing look like? Let me tell you this. I'm going to read you a scripture. Let's go to Mark chapter 8, verse 34. Mark chapter 8, verse 34 says this, speaking of Jesus, Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory and his holy angels. So what does walking under the anointing really look like? Well, it looks like a lot of things, but one of those things is We can't walk in the anointing if we're not going to take up the cross. And what does taking up the cross mean? It means willingly, voluntarily, from a heart of submission and love for our Lord Jesus Christ, we lay down our will on a daily basis. And I would suggest even on an hourly basis. At whatever level, we need to lay down our will to accomplish the will of God and to lay down our will to know Him better. That is the level of the cross that we take up. The cross is not uh, a physical cross, of course. It is a spiritual, it's a representation of just like Jesus laid down his life willingly for us and only he can take it up again. He was obedient to do the will of the Father to lay down his life and he only did what pleased the Father. That just like Christ took up his cross in the physical and laid down his will in the spiritual, his own personal will, just like he he, he sweat drops of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane, that is the laying down of his will. He said, Oh, Father, not, nevertheless, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Nevertheless, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And those words should echo in our hearts as that is the pattern. Because if our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, can lay down his fleshly will, how much more should we lay down our fleshly will? Jesus had no sin, but he did have a will. We have sin and a will, so we have more to lay down. We have more of our life to lay down on a daily basis, to die to ourselves, to take up our cross, to follow him. And if we're willing to follow the pattern of Jesus Christ, and if God has a call on your life to do something specific, then when his call comes upon you, 
and he forms your character, and then he brings his anointing upon you. His anointing is for the purposes of God. If you're not operating in the purposes of God, if you're not even attempting to walk out the purposes of God, don't expect the anointing to be on your life. But if you're humbly submitting yourselves to the Lord, and we know that the Lord looks at the heart and not the outward appearance, the Lord sees every man and every woman's heart, and at the level of submission, and the level of testing, and the level of following his character and taking up our cross, he sees it necessary that the anointing comes upon us for a specific purpose, then that's what's going to happen. And as we choose to daily walk that out, we will continue to walk in that anointing to fulfill his purposes. But it's only joined to his purposes. The anointing is not something that just resides upon us and gives us some uh, some favor and some just kind of deposit of glory that just sits there without action on our part. So I want to challenge you, submit your life to Christ. He did everything he could to prepare a planet for us that we could see his nature and his character and his creativity and his creative force. We also see that he, he spoke through the prophets in the Old Testament. He was always trying to cause them to focus and return their hearts to the Lord. We see John the Baptist preparing the way for the Lord and people were repenting and being baptized and their hearts that were being opened and there was good soil. And then we also see Jesus Christ, the great apostle and of our faith, the great king, the great priest, the great sacrifice, the great lamb of God, laying down his life, the perfect example. So we too must lay down our lives voluntarily, willingly, from our heart, because we love him, not because we want a great ministry, not because we want to get financial provision, not because we need healing or want healing in our body, not because we want to pray for something to happen in our family and our children's lives, our family members' lives. We, we do it simply because we love him and we want him to produce what he wants to produce because what he produces is what's best not only for us but for the world you know we look at the few seeds that we want you know god please give me some 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 fruit in my life well if we don't ever die to ourselves we don't have anything to for him to multiply we don't have anything for him to to bear fruit from because we're living from our own soul living from our own mind so the beauty of surrender and the beauty of yieldedness is that it actually bears more fruit and yields more fruit like the scripture saying unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies that's what the scriptures say. But when it dies, it can bear much fruit. And as John 15 says, we can not only bear fruit, but we can bear fruit that lasts, fruit that remains. And every branch in us that does not bear good fruit, he prunes in us. Don't wouldn't you rather and wouldn't you rather be a branch that is bearing the fruit of the nature and character of God than one that is bearing all of the other things from your own soul and your own heart and your own mind? So I challenge you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your scriptures. Thank you for Mark chapter 8 and, and Jesus Christ's example to lay down our lives, to submit ourselves. Jesus, we resubmit our hearts to you. We recommit, Lord, uh, under your grace and under your lordship and under your Godhead to say, God, we submit. And when you want your anointing to come upon us, Lord, we say yes. But Lord, please let us give ourselves to you completely. Show us how to give up the little things and the big things. Let us not be afraid to let you have complete oversight over our life. We trust you because you're faithful. You're worthy. Lord, don't let us be like, like Peter who, 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 who didn't follow your words and said, um, not only wash my feet, wash my whole body. And Jesus said, no, I only need to wash your feet. Let us take you at your word and follow you at your word and believe you at your word and trust you at your word that you're going to produce in us the good works, not just for us, but for others. And Father, the greatest level of anointing in your presence in our life, Lord, we want you more than that still. We want you more than calling. We want you more than ministry. We want you more than every other need in our life. 
Lord, bring us to that place where we fully submit year after year after year so that we can see in, in years to come that we've been, we have been transformed, that we're not stagnant, that you are faithful and that you are good. And it's not up to us to make ourselves more like you, but to submit unto your goodness and your grace and your mercy and to become more like you. It is by your grace and not our strength and our own will. But we love you. We say, change us. So, Father, as your scriptures say, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross to follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. So, Lord, we give our lives to you. And we trust you in Jesus' name. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, men and women, for listening. Whoever you're listening from around the world, I do see uh, the countries that you listen from. So thank you for tuning in. If you feel that this is edifying to you in any way, please go ahead and share that with people. Um, Also, I'm in the process of building by faith something called I Am Life Monastery. And it will be a place by faith that will be built in Maui, Hawaii. And... um, that is one of the islands. It's the second largest island of the Hawaiian Islands, which is a part of the United States. And that will be a place where people can come and spend time with God, get away from society and spend time with Him. So you can find that on Facebook at I Am Life Monastery. And um, the website is www.iamlifemonastery.org. .org, not .com. So thank you so much for listening. Again, this is episode 33, Fathom with Nathan. Have a blessed 4th of July.